0: You're listening to The Truth For Today, a ministry of Coastline Calvary Chapel in Gulf Breeze, Florida. On today's edition...
1: He's favored you. He's adopted you. He's, He's chosen you, and you don't have to prove that you're good enough. God opens the door really wide through His grace and His mercy, and he, he brought you into His family and you have position of favor because of your faith. Again, God would say to you, He'd say to me, then John, would you rest in my grace? Would you know I've accepted you? You don't have to prove anything.
0: Do you know that you belong to a second family other than your earthly family? You're part of God's family. And He welcomes you into this family with arms wide open. He welcomes you with all your problems and imperfections. He loves and accepts you just as you are. Today in his message, Pastor John will help you understand how and why God loves you so much that He'd make a place for you in His family. God wants you in His family. He wants you to have peace and belonging with Him. Well, let's join Pastor John in the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, with today's edition of The Truth for Today.
1: Here in this passage of Scripture, the Apostle Paul wants us to know, God wants us to know, the Lord wants you to know, that if you belong to Him, then you're accepted. There's nothing else you have to do. Except trust in Jesus Christ. I, I would encourage you, if you don't know this for certain, to lean in the best you can with your heart open, and know that in Christ you are accepted by God. He accepts you. There's no hazing you have to go through. There's no process like a sorority or or some kind of you know deal you have to do to prove that you're good enough. It's based on his grace. In fact, if you look there in Ephesians chapter 1, it says, to, to the praise, verse 6, of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. It's the glory of his grace that, that flings the door wide open and says, hey, come on in, you're accepted just as you are. God accepts you into his family and you do measure up. You know, there's a lot of people who grow up in families where uh, they feel like, well, I just never quite measured up to my parents' expectations. Never really made good enough grades, you know. Mom and dad are always kind of like, well, you know. And then never got the job that they wanted me to get or, you know, never played sports the way dad did or mom did. I I never quite got there or, or, you know, financially now I'm not making the kind of money that. And there's a lot of people who grow up under that kind of shadow, under that kind of situation that feel like I never really quite was accepted the way I wanted to be accepted because I couldn't perform the way I was supposed to perform. And that's not God. In fact, God's the one who performed. He's the one who did what needed to be done in order for you and I to be accepted. It's based not on your performance, but on your response to his grace. Isn't that a wonderful thing? I mean, it's, it's amazing. The word acceptance here in Scripture is only used one other time in all the New Testament. And it's found in uh, Luke chapter 1, uh, verse 28. And having come, into, come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. That word favored one right there, that's our word for accepted. Same word, translated a little different. Rejoice, highly accepted one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among Women, Same word that's used of Mary when she was chosen to give birth to the Messiah. And that's the word that's used here when it says that he has accepted you. He's favored you. He's adopted you. He's, he's chosen you and you don't have to prove that you're good enough. God opens the door really wide through his grace and his mercy And he he brought you into his family and you have position of favor because of your faith. And God would say to you, he'd say to me, then John, would you rest in my grace? Would you know I've accepted you? You don't have to prove anything. And then he goes on to tell us in verse seven, not only have I accepted you, but in him we have redemption through his blood. Now, I I think most of us really in this day and time have no idea what it really means to be redeemed because in those days, in that time, in the Roman culture, almost everywhere you would go, you would see a slave market there was millions and millions of slaves in, in Rome at that time. All over in every one of their provinces, there were marketing slaves. A slave would be out of a conquered area or someone of that region that they were in. And they would bring these human slaves out on the market, parade them before those who could buy them. And sell them off like property, like livestock. And the person who would buy them would have to pay the price that was being asked for them. And the word redemption means to be purchased for a set price. To be set free by being bought by someone. And what Paul is saying here, we're we're accepted, but we're not only accepted, we have been set free by a purchased price now now stay with me listen we were slaves before we came to slaves to our own desires slaves to the culture that we lived in even though we didn't know it because the culture has certain pathways, certain things you have to do to be accepted, certain kinds of lifestyles that are lived, certain sort of things that are seen as successful, things that we would buy into with the carnal mind that we would try and strive to be and strive to do. And the enemy would bring us into bondage through our desires and our and our lusts and the darkness of our own heart. And God said, I want to set them free. I'm going to make them accepted and free in me. And when I came to Christ. When when I sort of opened my heart to him, it wasn't because I didn't want to go to hell, although I didn't want to go to hell, still don't. Not because I wanted to go to church and make some new friends. Not because I wanted to sing hymns or or be religious or found the church interesting. Actually, I didn't. I wanted to be free from the person I was. I wanted a new direction in life. I didn't like where I was headed. I didn't like what I had done to people and how I had hurt them and hurt myself. I didn't like feeling guilty or ashamed at night when I'd lay my head down of, of things that is going on in my life and where my life was going. That's what I wanted. I wanted freedom from me. And the Lord came and he paid a price for my freedom. Now, now please stay with me. He gave his life, his blood on the cross that I would be redeemed, set free purchased and and when I was I had to no longer be controlled or possessed by lust by drugs by fear by shyness which was a big deal in my life by by low self-worth by no sense of purpose and direction here I was sort of trapped in the slavery to these things there was no way out I'd tried I tried to, hey, it's, it's New Year's. I'm, this is my resolution. I'm not going to smoke anymore. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to start a whole new... Never worked. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try harder. I'm going to apologize here. I'm going to do this. I'm going to get things right. Fell right back into it. Something happened that set me free from me when i received jesus christ and i begin to live a life that he designed me to live not the one that i was choosing and i believe god has a plan for your life and so does the enemy and there's something that transforms when You respond to the cross in faith in the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed for you that begins to set you not only immediately free, but it begins to set you free on a whole new road. The desire to change, to be different, to start over, to overcome my faults and weaknesses couldn't be done within myself. I I tried meditation. Hey, I grew up in the 60s and 70s. I had incense. I had long hair. I had puka shells. I had the kahil Gibran, you know, uh, meditation uh, guru book. My older brother and I, we knew how to cross our legs and light incense and think about positive things. We listened to the Beatles. We had black lights. But nothing ever changed. It never worked. It tells us in verse seven, in him we have this purchase through his blood, redemption, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. He paid a ransom for us. In fact, Matthew 20 says he he was a ransom for many. And the price was paid. You cannot pay your own price. You cannot pay your own ransom. That's the reality of the truth of Scripture. Our righteousness, the good works we do, the things we strive to accomplish, and Lord, look what I'm doing. The Bible says it's like filthy rags. That's all it is. It's rags. It means nothing. When the Lord began to reach out to me, maybe you are this way, I don't know. He did not have a lot of problems convincing me that I was a sinner. I already knew that. There was no doubt in my mind. I knew who I was. What I needed to know was, God, can you accept me? Can you change me? And the Lord said, not only do I accept you, but I've purchased you. I've paid a price for you, and I can change you. See, a lot of us know we're sinners. We know we've hurt people. We know basically deep down we're all selfish. You say, well, I'm not selfish. Well, ask someone around you. They, they know you're selfish. We're all selfish. We're, we're, we're all, you know, got broken relationships here or there. You know, some of us go from job to job to job, and it's always someone else's fault. It's not us. How could it be? Or maybe you're here today and no one knows it, but you're one of those people who opened a door in your life somewhere, a dark door, and you've got this hidden lifestyle of things you do, and you've been walking down this path, and nobody knows about it, so so it doesn't matter. And you tell yourself uh, many times, I can quit whenever I want to, I just don't want to right now. And it's you're further down the road than you were last week or last month or last year, and you're still telling yourself, "Well, I can quit whenever I want to." Oh, really? So why didn't? Why don't you quit? Well, I don't. I don't really want to. <laughs> and the enemy just kind of keeps tightening the, you know, the the bondage and the the wickedness and what we all need and must have is a price paid for our sin. And that price sets us free. I would submit to you that the doors in our world, in our culture today, to evil are wide open as never before. The drugs, sexual sin, the alternate lifestyles. I mean, you, you hear what's going on with, with sports and doctors, with movie stars, with Hollywood, with politics. Listen, listen, it's the tip of the iceberg of what's really under there and what's really going on with the enemy and in a culture like this that, that, you know, thinks it's so, so evolved and so free and so open-minded. Because here's the deal. Sin always leads to death and destruction. There is no other end to that path. That's where it ends up. And God says that he has a way to set us free. He says, in him we have redemption, verse 7, through the blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. And here's what he says, which he made to abound. In other words, there's a lot of freedom to abound toward us. How? In all wisdom and in all prudence. God, who's all wise and and, and who, who has this amazing plan, He has this intelligence and insight beyond what we can imagine. Has a purpose and a plan to free us from our wickedness. See, God doesn't allow wickedness to go unpunished. The Bible says that he is just and he's righteous. And though our culture may become more accepting of things and tolerant of things and permissive of things, it hasn't changed God's view of them. God doesn't look down on you and me and say, well, you know, I know it's pretty bad and he's doing a lot of bad things, but you know what? Hey, we all make mistakes and hey, the things have changed and it's okay. That's not God's heart. That's not who God is. God doesn't dumb down sin. He doesn't look at us and say, well, you know, they're making a C average and a D minus sometimes, but that's okay. A lot of people are flunking. God is just, he's holy, he's righteous, he's pure, he's without a blemish. And that's the way he always is. And the Bible says that he will in no way allow the wicked to go unpunished. Well, God, you you got yourself a problem because look around. Look around, God. And God says, well, in all my wisdom and all my prudence, I'm going to solve this problem By paying a price for their freedom. And who would have ever thought that God Himself would take our place? I'm gonna take your place, I'm gonna pay for all your wickedness, and you can be set free by my blood, and I'll go to the cross for you. And you would never look at Jesus on the cross with his beatings, with his thorns, with the spear, with the mockery, with all he went through, you would never look at it and say, man, God's not that serious about sin, is he? No, you you would look at it and say, wow, this is how God feels about my wickedness? Yeah, that's how he feels. And not only does it reveal the wisdom of God who remains just, but it also reveals the love of God at the same time. And you stand back and you go, how how amazing is God that he would solve this problem of his love and and his punishment and his justice and his holiness and his grace at the same time in the same place. God's solution to your, to my, to our lostness solved in the wisdom of God, in the providence of God, in the perfect timing of God. And when your heart stops beating one day, and it will, And all of us will go, wow, I just saw him last week. Yeah. He got hit by a lightning bolt. Can you imagine? It was crazy. Must must have been quite a sinner. Yeah. When your heart stops beating one day, you will stand before God and he will either be your holy and righteous judge or he'll be your gracious and merciful judge. Savior, based upon what you did with the work Jesus Christ did on the cross. It's the wisdom of God. It's amazing. I can stand before God and he can be my judge and he can condemn me or he can be my savior who bled and died for me. It doesn't matter what you think or I think or what some movie star thinks or politician or athlete or oh, this is just a story. No, there's only one who died on the cross for you. Everyone on the face of the earth almost knows the story. And God solves our problem. He accepts us and he redeems us. And he demonstrates his wisdom and his grace once and for all. No myth, no fable, no silly story. The cross of Jesus Christ. God's way of purchasing you and I and setting us free from our sin and our desires and our lust and the power of the enemy over us the revelation of his love and his justice for all mankind once and for all we have redemption in Jesus Christ what a wonderful thing it is it's amazing And, and please tune in the enemy still comes And he still whispers in your ear, in your heart, and in your mind. He does to me, oh, come on. You're redeemed. You're set free from your old man. You're still you. You're still a druggie deep down inside. You're still an alcoholic or you're still a porn person or you're still a thief or you're still a liar or you're still whatever it might be. And the enemy does that. And I need to remember, I need to remind myself what God's word declares. Who am I? Who am I going to believe? I'm going to believe you, my parents, the, the guy around the corner, the lady selling me the $5 donut? Who, who am I going to believe? Am I going to believe what, what God says that I'm redeemed, that I'm free? that I'm not powerless, you know, to, that I have to live the old life. See, see, this temptation comes. And what do I do? I have to go somewhere. I have to, to say, no, wait a minute. There is a standard. There is a truth that I believe. Remember Jesus when the tempter came to him? Oh, if you're the son of God. Then just go ahead. I mean, you've been out here 40 days. for No no food. Come on. If God cared, turn, this, turn these stones into bread. You can do it. And I believe that, that Jesus... Beat the enemy, not as a divine being, because Jesus. if Jesus wanted to use his divinity when the enemy came to him, I mean, Jesus and the devil are not co-equals, right? It's not like, well, I don't know if I can arm wrestle him or not. He's pretty strong. They're not co-equals. Jesus is the divine son of God. He could just go, poof, enemy just turns to ashes and all that's left there is a couple little horns, you know, laying there in a tail, but he doesn't do that. I think he responds to this temptation as a human being to give us an example of how we are to respond to temptation and can defeat the enemy on the same turf. And so when he comes and he begins to lie, he begins to tempt, and he can be very powerful at times when you're weak. He comes to Jesus at a very point of weakness. And Jesus quotes verses from Deuteronomy, and the theme of Deuteronomy is obedience. And Jesus handles this temptation out of his humanity because he knows that we have the same access to the same truth that he had access to. Oh, you're a church goer now. Oh, you're, you've been baptized or you went to a Bible study or, or you, you went forward. That's okay. But deep down inside, you know you're never going to change. You're always going to be a loser. Whatever it is he says to tempt you, here's the application to the passage. God says, No, I bought him. He belongs to me. He's redeemed, he's set free. No longer under your power, no longer under the the, the life that he was once under. He has been set free and is accepted. And those things that the enemy continues to say to you and to I, they're lies. Who are you gonna believe? Who are you? What are you now that you've come to Christ? Well, in Ephesians, as we listen to Paul describe the identity and those who've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ, he says you're chosen. You have a salvation that's sure, rock solid. He tells you that, that you've been adopted into a family and that he'll never leave you. You're his now. Got a brand new identity. He tells you that you're accepted, no matter who had accepted you all the way up to that time, you're accepted by God. He tells you that he paid a price for you, that you've been redeemed, you belong to him. You're no longer under the power of the slavery of the things that once held you, that you're now free to choose. And he tells you that you're liberated and that you belong to him. And you must come to a place somewhere along your spiritual journey and decide to believe what God has said about you and who you are in Him according to Scripture. Or you'll live your life under the lie of the enemy and never be able to accomplish what He's called you to do because you'll say, well, I'm I'm still this and I'm still that and I'll never be able to do this and this is who I am instead of believing what the truth of God's Word says about you. And I would challenge you as we go through Ephesians, read it for yourself and say, Lord, speak to my spirit and to my heart about who I am and the one who died on the cross for me. Don't don't let the cross be a waste in your life. Don't take it lightly. God certainly doesn't. That which he has accomplished for you is for now and forever. And he's called you and I, he's called us together to be who he has purposed us to be. I'm chosen. I'm adopted. I'm accepted. I'm redeemed. I belong to Jesus Christ. That's who I am.
0: You've been listening to The Truth For Today. We are currently teaching our way through the Apostle Paul's book of Ephesians. The Truth For Today is a ministry out of Coastline Calvary Chapel in Gulf Breeze, Florida. If you're in the area and would like to visit, you'll find directions and service times at coastlinegulfbreeze.com. While you are on our site, check out our daily in the Word Bible reading program. We are reading through the Bible one chapter at a time. We also post daily video devotions to help you better understand the text. We're so glad you decided to join us today. Be sure to come back again! There are more truths to discover in the book of Ephesians on the truth for today.